It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, April 25th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Sitka School District has been unable to reach a new contract agreement with the union representing its teachers. Members of the Sitka Education Association spoke to the Sitka School Board directly at the board's last regular meeting. Teachers were hopeful that the bargaining impasse could be resolved, as it's only the second time in 25 years that negotiations have failed. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The details of the negotiations between the SEA and the Sitka School District are not public. However, it was clear from testimony before the school board on April 20th that the issue is salaries. Sitka teachers in the recent past have accepted deals that postponed pay increases in order to assist the district manage its finances under a tighter state education budget. But now SEA negotiators feel teachers have fallen behind so far that it's hurting recruitment and retention in a district that used to be a plum choice for the state's educators. Teacher Mike Vieira announced the impasse, which is likely unprecedented. We don't have anyone currently in our association who can remember having done this before, can go down a road that can become divisive, and uh, it's not a place that we've ever been. So, Vieira explained that the days of hefty state pensions for retired teachers were long gone. Seventy percent of his membership was now covered under what amounts to a savings plan known as Tier 3. They don't have the flexibility to wait for their salary to increase because they need to take those dollars and put them in account and let them sit for as many years as possible so that they can have a chance of success in retirement. They don't have access to Social Security. They have one leg to stand on in retirement, and it's based on the amount of money that they earn today. Sitka High American government teacher Howard Wayne is not one of those whose retirement will depend on how much he can save out of his salary, but he brought his long perspective to the board. He's from southeast Alaska, the child of Alaskan teachers, and he's seen a shift in the culture of education most noticeable during five years when he served as principal of Sitka High. I saw, as an administrator, and having grown up in this region, places like Juneau and Sitka were coveted by teachers all around the state. And when I was first applying for jobs back in the late 90s and early 2000, uh, it was not uncommon for the Sitka schools to have 100 to 150 applicants for each position. Wayne was a principal in Sitka between 2005 and 2010, The state adopted the Tier 3 retirement in 2006. He called it a watershed moment. I saw a relatively quick change. It was becoming more and more difficult to to find teachers to come to this region. And uh, it was partly because of the retirement system, but also because the salaries were not as competitive as other places. Sitka High Science teacher Stacy Golden is another 20-year veteran who can also look forward to her retirement under the state's original plan but she was concerned for the well-being of her younger colleagues. That teachers everywhere have been under a heavy strain during the pandemic is universally understood. Golden said it was far from over for educators. It's not going to suddenly get easy again. We have kids with massive social-emotional needs and new challenges from the last few years. We have gaps um, in curriculum that we need to deal with. And so I feel like the challenges of that pandemic Um, the poor retirement process for our Tier 3 teachers, the increase to the cost of living, all of the challenges and where we are with negotiations is just something that I would ask and really make funding teachers as a priority and figure out where the other money has to come from 
it's needed by your staff at this point. Sitka High librarian Bo Hedrick said that the excitement of landing a job in a place like Sitka can sometimes override long-term considerations for young teachers. He said the bubble would usually burst after a couple of years. And then they finally sit down and talk to a financial planner. They finally talk to somebody and they realize you're out of your mind. You will never be able to retire with what you're doing today. You need to put in 50% of your paycheck today for another 30 years and you might have a possibility of retirement. There is no social security. There is no There's nothing else for you except what you contribute. The only item on the Sitka School Board's agenda April 20th was the adoption of next year's budget. These remarks from SEA members all came during persons to be heard. Sitka High teacher Betty Richter argued for the importance of retention, saying teachers were changing the world, and at the same time, nudge the board back to the budget. Please put teachers first. Show us that we are valued by giving us an improved compensation, a competitive Alaskan wage. You have to put those big rocks in first before you filter in all the sand. Under pressure to meet its legal deadline, the board approved the final budget as submitted, just over $22 million for next year, without any adjustment for teacher salaries. Superintendent Frank Hauser said contracts would be issued to tenured teachers on the understanding that they could change once the impasse is resolved. We are in ongoing negotiations, and that will have an impact on this budget as well. Uh, We have had some great conversations, and, um, you know, I'm I'm feeling, I'm I'm optimistic. So I've I've heard optimism a few times tonight, and I, I would like to just reiterate that. As in past years, the amount for instruction or teacher salaries in the 2023 budget is almost 80% of all expenses. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Municipal Administrator John Leach and Attorney Brian Hansen each received unanimous outstanding reviews from the Sitka Assembly on April 19th, complete with pay increases. Hansen elected to have his performance review conducted in executive session, but Leach asked to be reviewed in public. Assembly members' feedback was highly positive. Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis said he was happy that the Assembly and Leach have been working together collaboratively over the last year. You yourself have the confidence. I believe you have the confidence of the Assembly and I believe you have the confidence of your staff as well. And I think that that's all necessary in order to keep this massive wheel moving forward. A few Assembly members noted the continued challenges brought by the COVID-19 pandemic. Leach started full-time as administrator just a week before the state and nation declared a disaster emergency. Assembly members noted Leach's work to secure COVID relief money for the city, the overall municipal budget Leach built, and the smooth budget process. Some said they appreciated his open communication with the Assembly and his working knowledge of the goings-on in all branches of the city government. Assembly member Kevin Mosier said he liked some of the new policies Leach had implemented, like weekly reports from the city's department heads. Assembly member Crystal Duncan said she appreciated Leach's work to communicate with the public, too. She said she had two goals for the position, diversity and inclusion training, along with historical trauma training for both the administrator and the assembly as a whole. She said she hoped that Leach would push himself to go to places that are uncomfortable for him in the coming year, something she recognized was difficult to do amid COVID. And again, those didn't exist in this last year. So this isn't a judge. This is a goal. This is a goal for this coming year. Because I think that is important, just knowing the history and the strained relationships, especially when it comes to a government process. I think it takes a little bit more work to repair something like that. Leach said that among his goals for the next year, he wants to reduce the overall cost of government through finding efficiencies. 
I really do take to heart the cost of operations this year. The mayor brought it up. Yeah, we can afford it, but is it sustainable? I don't know the answer to that question until you know we we took that leap now we're going to we're going to take on these projects and the goal is to is to gain those efficiencies start to fix things that need fixing with the review both Leach and Hansen will receive 3% pay increases putting their new salaries at $146,000 and $148,000 a year respectively Five communities in southeast Alaska were left out of the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act, leaving more than 4,000 Native people in the region without land. Getting land to these left-out communities was a big theme during the annual Tribal Assembly meeting of the Central Council of the Shlingat and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska this week. KTOO's Lindsay Berlini reports. Cecilia Tavalero is from Petersburg and part of the organization Alaska Natives Without Land. She says getting Native land into Native ownership is a win for all Native people and the Land Back movement has helped the cause. Land Back has highlighted important issues like ours and has helped us to build awareness and even support from among groups historically opposed to a land solution. The controversy is around the land selections landless communities have made. The communities want to get land as close to home as possible, but selections are limited and people in neighboring communities and groups outside of Alaska have doubts about some of the selections. But Clinkett and Haida citizens want progress to be made. Delegates repeatedly brought the issue up with the tribe and with Sea Alaska, the regional native corporation. Delegate Joe Williams Jr. of Saxman urged the tribe and the corporation to make this the year that the landless people get their land. As the Alaska Native Claim Settlement Act of 1971 was made history, we once again need to make history for our very own people. Jaylene Kukesh is a vice president at Sea Alaska. She says that this issue has been a top priority for the corporation and that the lack of success isn't from a lack of trying. She has been meeting with legislators and groups concerned with the land selections. She says that they need the help of tribal citizens in key states that have representatives in the natural resources committees in the House and Senate, especially Senator Maria Cantwell of Washington and Representative Raul Grijalva of Arizona. Mainly because they want to protect the Tongass and keep those lands in public ownership as opposed to native ownership. And she hopes that whoever gets elected to Alaska's congressional seat in the House understands the landless issue and continues to be an advocate in D.C. as the late Congressman Don Young was. Alaska's congressional delegation has been working on the issue for years, and there are currently bills in the House and Senate. Senators Lisa Murkowski and Dan Sullivan spoke about their continued commitment to the issue and their addresses to the Tribal Assembly. Getting land to the five communities will require an amendment to ANCSA, a law that has been amended over 100 times. In Juneau, I'm Lindsay Brolini. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.